Hey guys, welcome to the GOAT Podcast. This is a new endeavor of the Scattered Abroad Network. We're going to jump right into it today, tell you a little bit about us later on in the show. And what I want to do is start off by doing what I'm calling Michael's Mocks. Uh, this is going to be a segment where I come on and give a mock draft that I've done recently. Jameson, we're going to go three picks at a time, but I'm going to throw it to you real quick, let you introduce yourself to everybody, and then we'll get started. All right, yeah. Uh, my name's Jameson. Uh, I've been involved with Scattered Broad Network. Um, glad to be doing this with Michael. We've played some fantasy football leagues together in the past, uh, so ready to have some fun uh, talking about the upcoming NFL draft. In reality, I'm only doing this to learn your strategy. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Same here. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Three picks at a time. Let me give some some context to some people here. Number one, the Dolphins do not have a pick. They tampered with Tom Brady years ago, lost their first-round pick this year as a result. So there's only 31 picks in the NFL draft in round one this year. Number two, this is Michael's mocks. This is not what some writer at ESPN said. This is not what the NFL Network draft analysts have said. This is what I think teams should do, not what they will do. But what I think they should do, if I were running the team, if this were Madden and I were the GM, this is what I would do. So with that being said, first three picks, Jamison, are the Chicago Bears, the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals. I have the Bears taking Will Anderson Jr., defensive line from Alabama. I have the Houston Texans taking Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. And I have the Arizona Cardinals taking Jalen Carter, Defensive lineman, Georgia. Start with Will Anderson for me, Jamison. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Will Anderson, I, I got to see him, you know, play at Alabama. Guy's just, I mean, game changer. Great pickup there for the Bears. Uh, sort of a – he reminds me in some ways of what Khalil Mack used to do in Chicago. So if they can get Khalil Mack 2.0 and Will Anderson, great pickup for them. Uh, Bryce Young for the Texans, I mean – He's really good. I know there's some questions about his size. He's fairly small, at least compared to most NFL quarterbacks. But the skill set's there. The accuracy is there. The playmaking ability is there. The mobility's there. Um, I think if the Texans can put some help around him, Bryce Young could be really, really good. And then Jalen Carter, um, he's had some off-the-field problems, obviously. But if that can get straightened out... Um, However, you would straighten that out. Um, Jalen Carter is a terrific defensive lineman and just immediately shores up the defensive line of wherever he lands, if he's able to be on the field. Absolutely. And we'll see more about that as the situation unfolds there. Maybe maybe one of these days on the GOAT podcast we'll do an episode on off-the-field scandals of some sort because there are always a plethora of that. Yeah, four, that's right. four, five, and six. C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Miles Murphy. Now, where do they go? Well, C.J. Stroud goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Will Levis goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Miles Murphy to the Detroit Lions. Now, we don't have to spend much time talking about Miles Murphy. I don't think I'll throw it to you, Jameson, in a moment to talk about him. But you, you said recently when we were recording this and your computer crashed that Miles Murphy from Clemson yeah. <laughs> they're basically just like a defensive lineman factory um yeah Drew who if you're listening that's about the only thing you'll have going for you right now um no I, I kid Drew it that's probably not even going to last much longer uh no so <laughs> love you Drew but I said this when we were recording and then the computer crashed I did this mock draft on March 2nd I didn't know 100% yet that the Seahawks were going to do what they ended up doing, which is they sign Geno Smith to a $150 million contract over three years. And then they came out and said, that doesn't mean we're not taking a quarterback. So I have them getting Will Levis. The last couple of years, the quarterbacks that I have tended to like most buck the trend of who a lot of people probably would say are the best. I did like Kenny Pickett the most of the last year class. I did like, you know, Trey Lance the most. And I know right now that's that doesn't make it look like you should listen to me, but give it time, give it a year, see what happens. I did. He was hurt. He got yeah, hurt. Yeah, exactly. I did like Justin Herbert the most, and I do think this draft will help solve one of the issues that the Chargers have outside of coaching. But 
I do tend to like guys like Will Levis more, and not because I think they're better, but because I think that the potential is there. Guys that peak in college, like I would kind of say, happens a lot, often don't come into the NFL in the last five to seven years and be superstars. Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. He had not played four years as a starter and been phenomenal all four years. And in fact, prior to that 2019 run, he wouldn't have even been a first-round draft pick on most people's boards. The same is true with guys like Trevor Lawrence, who played very, very well and struggled. He might buck the trend and be the best of the bunch. Patrick Mahomes, nobody was talking about him as a number one pick. Nobody was talking about Josh Allen as the best player in his draft class. No, Baker Mayfield went first, and then Sam Darnold went second? Come on. Mm. I think Will Levis could fall into that same category of caliber player. Not saying he'll be the same type of player, but I think he could be in that same caliber. And then C.J. Stroud, if it weren't for him, they wouldn't have even been in that game against Georgia. But he didn't. Cert- he certainly yeah. didn't lose the game, nor unfortunately did he find a way to win it at the end. But I think C.J. Stroud in Indianapolis with a great running back, great wide receivers, great defense, great coaching staff now, you know, kind of put around them to kind of look at everything. I think they can make that work. Of course, they did hire an offensive coordinator from Philadelphia, and there was only one other time they did that in the last couple of years. I think his name was Frank Reich. How'd that work out? Not very well, so maybe I'm wrong on the coaching staff, but I do think C.J. Stroud fits very well in Indianapolis. Go ahead, James. Yeah, well, and Levis and Stroud, they're both really talented. Uh, They're both very different in a lot of ways. Um, Levis, really big arm, a lot of potential from that standpoint, has struggled with maybe his consistency somewhat. Um, Some of the talent around him at Kentucky this past year was not that great. So that may not all be him. C.J. Stroud, on the other hand, though, I mean, I don't think his arm strength is terrible, but I don't think he's known, like Levis, for having a really big arm. But what C.J. Stroud does very well is just his mechanics. His his accuracy is pinpoint, and he has enough mobility. So I kind of look at Levis and Stroud. Levis is, he's potentially like that Josh Allen type guy. He has that kind of ability, um, especially with his arm. Stroud is more, in my mind, kind of a safe option at quarterback because he's, you know, maybe he's never going to be the greatest quarterback in the league, but he's going to come in and he's going to make the plays that need to be made. He's going to complete the, he's going to make the easy completions, the completions you've got to have at the NFL level. He's going to be able to do that. Who's going to be better um, long term uh, has yet to be seen, but they're both very interesting prospects on the quarterback front. Right, and just a reminder, too, Lamar Jackson was the last pick of the first round a couple years ago. So I think sometimes yeah. we get a little bit, like, quarterback hazy, and we think that the only good quarterbacks are the ones that are selected before the number 10 overall pick. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily always come out to be true. And there have been plenty yeah. of guys. Jalen Hurts just played in a Super Bowl. He wasn't even a first-round pick. And he was the best player on that field that night. And if Mahomes had been healthy, who knows what would have been different there. But Hurts was the best quarterback that night. Yeah, well, and if Hurts doesn't miss several weeks due to an injury, Jalen Hurts probably yeah. wins the MVP award. I mean, and he was a absolutely he was a second overall pick. And I think when they drafted him, didn't the Eagles still have Carson Wentz at that time? They did. So, I mean, and they had recently won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like he had just had a great year. So it's like they drafted him second overall. And it's like, what are they doing with this guy? Like, I don't, they didn't even know. Like, a lot of people didn't even believe Jalen Hurts could be an NFL quarterback. And now here he is a few years later and probably could have won the MVP award. Yeah. And I I have to look at the stats on this. I'm not sure if there has been an occurrence of this ever, but has anybody that you know of ever won the MVP award on the losing team? Mm, Nah. Not that I know of. If it has happened, it hasn't happened much. That's what I was thinking, too. All right, number seven, eight, nine, and I'll I'll even do ten. We'll get through the first ten picks here. Number seven, the Vegas Raiders take Tyree Wilson. They've reportedly said they're out on Aaron Rodgers. They don't want to take him. I think Jimmy Garoppolo ends up there back with Josh McDaniels. Makes a lot of sense. He's got a great wide receiving core, great running back core, decent defense, but you can always do more. They did miss yeah, big time. Yeah, just times. build the defense. Absolutely. They missed big time with Cleveland Farrell. 
Uh, it was the probably one of the worst picks that they made. And it didn't surprise me. Mike Mayock is a joke. I, those of you that are listening to this, I don't have any problem saying that. Mike Mayock, I don't know how the dude had a job for so many years because every year he would mock different players to people, and it wouldn't even fit a need. It's just like, I like this guy in the black and gold. Okay, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, defensive end, hopefully gives him a chance to maybe right the ship there. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. I have them taking an offensive tackle because, we'll talk about this a little bit, I have them taking Lamar Jackson. I have them drafting um, a tackle to protect Lamar. Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. Number nine, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to take a quarterback here. Maybe Anthony Richardson has done enough now that the combine has happened and everybody's kind of fallen in love with his measures, his measurables and such. But I think they're going to take Michael Meyer, a tight end from Notre Dame. Not Michael Myers, Michael Meyer. Uh, hopefully he'll still kill it on the field and nowhere else. Yeah. Um, we don't <laughs> yeah. want another Hernandez. Only there. Uh, too soon? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, uh, no. yeah sure. Number 10, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. This is the reason they lost the Super Bowl. Number one, they, they really didn't get to Patrick Mahomes much, but that said more about the offensive line of the Eagles than it did the defensive line of the, you know, offensive line of the Chiefs. Yeah, the offense. Not that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it did the defensive line of the Eagles. And I, I told a friend of mine that I felt like the Eagles were going to struggle against the Chiefs' offensive line because they were rated like the number one offensive line against the rush. And so when you have that stat, yeah, yeah it doesn't surprise me that you don't allow any sacks. They couldn't stop a nosebleed in the second half. They just couldn't. And Christian Gonzalez, cornerback from Oregon, I think is the best cornerback in this class as far as his measures go and all of the other stuff that would be needed. I have them taking him. Jameson, your thoughts on 7 through 10? Yeah, I mean, those all make sense. I mean, you know, filling needs, defensive linemen, uh, cornerbacks, especially there for the Eagles, I think they don't have a lot of holes. But cornerback, as it showed up in the Super Bowl, um, you definitely got to to shore up your cornerback position. Absolutely. Again, I did this mock draft on March 2nd, right before a bunch of this stuff happened. I hope I hope maybe people will listen to this episode and be like, wow, this is a really good track record, so I want to listen to this podcast. Because I yeah. didn't even, Michael knows I didn't even know about. yet that this was going to happen, <laughs> but I just kind of had a feeling this was the time that Derrick Henry was going to leave the Titans. And the Titans are in a mess. They're in disarray. They are... How Mike Vrabel has a job still blows my mind. And it's nothing against Vrabel. But with the, the fire-happy GM or owners that exist in the NFL, you don't fire Vrabel after starting off like 7-2 and two and ending up with a losing record in, in many cases. As far as the rest of the season went, he didn't win any more meaningful games. You missed the playoffs. Your quarterback gets hurt. Malik Willis looks like trash. You didn't really handle him well yet. How do you fix that? You don't, not in one draft, uh, you know. So you take the best player on the board, and to me, that player is B. John Robinson. Yeah. Um, Jameson can tell you a little bit why that should matter to you, but B. John Robinson might be the best running back I've ever seen um, in the time that I've spent scouting running backs and looking at them and thinking about what running backs I think would be best where. He, he can do it all. And the, the stuff that he kind of lacks, a lot of it was because I don't think he had the best offensive line at times at Texas. I don't think he had the best game planning in his favor at Texas. Yeah. He was the best player, and they tried to run him into the ground, and he's still standing. I think he deserves to go to the Titans at number 11. Hopefully it won't kill his career. Yeah. Uh, number 12, you have the Houston Texans. In this draft, I have them not doing what they did years ago and – they're going to take an offensive tackle here. They took a quarterback of Bryce Young at number two. Ten picks later, take Peter Skaronsky, best tackle that's on the board uh, in many respects, and you can kind of protect Bryce and give him a chance to throw the ball to John Mechie. Number 13, the New York Jets take Brian Breesey, defensive end Clemson. Again, this is the second defensive end going off the board for Clemson. Let's hope it's not a Cleveland Farrell situation where he looked really, really good and he just ends up not being able to do – what we all thought he could do. Uh, but I think Breesy is a really good pick there at number 13. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you take in Robinson. Uh, Michael has always really had a strong focus on running backs in our fantasy football leagues. 
Um, but yeah, Robinson looks to be the, just the total package at running back. Looks like the guy who can, you know, obviously the Titans are one of the few teams who still use a, you know, a very a heavy load to their lead running back. A lot of teams now tend to split that load up. If the Titans are going to continue to do that, Robinson is the running back in this draft that can continue to carry that kind of a load. Yeah, he 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 perhaps could come in and you might not I mean Derrick Henry's really good, but there might not be too much of a fall off uh with Robinson. And then yeah, right. the offensive lineman for the Texans uh, I mean, that's just that's what you got to do. You got to protect your franchise quarterback. And then defensive lineman for the Jets, great option there. Uh, they got to be able to get after some of the quarterbacks in their division, and he'll help them do that. Right. Robinson also, he just turned 21. So, I mean, he he's one of those yeah. guys where you're going to get, and I'll, I'll give a little bit of the farm here, not much. If you do dynasty football and you're scouting running backs, you want a 20 to 22-year-old that's, that's the guy you're going to normally put higher. And the reason for that yeah. is the longevity of the position is not as much as it would be with a wide receiver or a tight end or a quarterback. Running backs typically play their first maybe two contracts, and that's it. There are anomalies to that. Adrian Peterson's one. Um, I think Derrick Henry will be another. But you're looking at Derrick Henry. If you go back to his beginning in Tennessee, they didn't use him much. And when they started to, yeah. lo and behold – He's a really great running back. Well, B. John Robinson was born January 30th, 2002, so he just turned 21 years old, which means he's going to play the majority of his first year as a 21-year-old, the whole season as a 21-year-old, the whole second season as a 22-year-old, whole third season is 23, fourth season is 24. Now you're looking at a guy who's ready to get that fifth-year option. He'll be 25 when that ends, you can let him walk even yeah, and not have to pay a second contract. And you've gotten a running back that if you did decide to re-sign him for another, you know, probably four or five years, 30 years old, he's done. But you get nine seasons with this guy more than likely if he stays healthy. Yeah. You're not going to be able to say that about Najee Harris probably. And I'm a Steelers fan, but Najee was 24 years old when we drafted him. That made no sense to draft a guy that old. Yeah that is built like Derrick Henry, but I don't know if he has the longevity of Derrick Henry. We'll see what happens. But yeah, um, Translation for all you out there, Michael's about to sell the farm to get Robinson in our fantasy football league. <laughs> absolutely, I am. Jameson, I have a trade idea for so, later. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> but then we got the Texans with Skaronsky. Of course, you know, they, they've got to protect their quarterback. You've got Brian Breesy with the Jets. Makes a lot of sense. 14-15-16. New England Patriots, Green Bay Packers, Washington Commanders. I'm going to go ahead and throw Green Bay out of the conversation. They take an offensive tackle with Broderick Jones. Whatever. Smart move. Yeah. (laughs) Number 14, I do think Mac Jones is the guy. I don't like his playing style in some cases. I do think it's a little dirty. Uh, We can talk about that on another day. (laughs) But I, I have them taking currently who I have as the best wide receiver in this class, and I don't think that's true if Smith and Jigba played all of this past year, but he didn't, and we have to go off of who played, and that's how I make my rankings. Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC, and then at number 16, the Washington Commies, I'm sorry, Commanders, they take (laughs) Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Jameson, have at it. Yeah, well, first of all, you got to get a wide receiver to help Mac Jones. I mean, he, I, I think they've got to give him a little bit more time. I mean, they, they drafted him high for the for the Patriots anyway. They drafted him high. They drafted him in the first round. You got to give him more than two years. You got to put some weapons around him. So yeah, drafting a wide receiver is pretty much a, something they got to do. Anthony Richardson to the Commanders. He's he's to me the most uh, as a fan. He's the most interesting quarterback in this draft because. This is a guy who he has the potential to be like the next Cam Newton, the next Lamar Jackson. But if he doesn't get some of his mechanic issues and consistency issues worked out, the guy could end up being a bust and could basically do nothing in the NFL. So he's kind of an intriguing pick because there's some of that mystery, there's some of that unknown about what he's going to be, even more so than the other quarterbacks. But I think Washington's one of those teams – they got to roll the dice. You know, this is an area, you know, they got to take a risk. 
Potentially, this guy could be a franchise guy. Potentially, he could be a pro bowler type talent. You got to roll the dice and see what happens. I mean, you're not going to get much worse. Um, you've already got a good defense to kind of cover for a bad offense. So, hey, see what happens. Yeah, and I think that that's one of those things. Eric Bieniemy now with the Commanders makes this pick a lot more interesting than it would have been otherwise. Um, you know, we'll see how much rain Bieniemy actually gets in Washington. There's been reports that really Andy Reid did a lot of the play calling in Kansas City. I don't know how true that is. Um, if it is true, that could speak to why it took Bieniemy so long to get a job elsewhere if most of the playbook didn't belong to him. But the commanders give him an opportunity. You get a guy like Anthony Richardson, got great wide receivers, great running game. You know, you'll be fine. Everything's there for them to be good if they can find a good quarterback. Absolutely. 17, 18, 19, and let's go ahead and just do 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 17, Detroit Lions at 18, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19, Seahawks at 20. Some of you might be thinking, wait a minute, Lions and Seahawks have already drafted. Yeah, they get to draft twice in this round because the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson to the Broncos and got their first-round pick this year. The Lions traded Matthew Stafford, got the Rams' first-round pick this year. The only team that really won in that trade that didn't have to do with getting the draft picks is the Rams because they won a Super Bowl. Terrible year last year for Stafford, but he was hurt. But they did win a Super Bowl, so... You know, I guess it worked out. <laughs> Super Bowls cover a multitude of sins. They, they yeah, really do. That's in the Bible um, somewhere. It is. It's got to be. <laughs> the 17th overall selection belongs to my Pittsburgh Steelers. We have got to get a cornerback. Um, it has really been a big problem. There are times where we just can't stop quarterbacks. And when you play in a division with Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and if Lamar does end up staying, I won't worry as much about that. We can talk about that at the end of this episode. Uh, Lamar doesn't scare me as much currently, but you do have Lamar to worry about. you got to have guys that can cover. You have wide receivers in this division like Amari Cooper, Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. You have Rashad Bateman who could come into his own this season. Who knows what happens in this draft if the Browns end up selecting a wide receiver in this particular draft. there's a lot to think about here for the Steelers, and it has nothing to do with the offensive side of the ball. The only thing that could happen here is if Addison slipped and fell, we could give Kenny Pickett his Jamar Chase. Addison played at Pittsburgh with him for a season. They like each other a lot, good buddies. Uh, If you're looking at something like that, I could see that happening. Other than that, Take Joey Porter Jr. Take the guy that his father played for your team, won a Super Bowl with you, was known for his tenacity. In fact, many people may not remember this, but that game years ago where the Bengals and Steelers played and the Steelers won 16 to 15, um, or 18 to 15, maybe it was. I don't remember. Um, 18, 16. It was something like that. Joey Porter got into a fight with a player as a coach. Yeah. Like I, I think mean, I do remember you're that talking, now. <laughs> you're talking about Joey Porter. He ended up getting fired from the Steelers for this, but that's kind of because they had to. Yeah. I loved seeing that personally because number one is a rivalry game. Number two, that tenacity has been missing from our defense since we let James Harrison retire and since Troy Polamalu was gone. We need the nastiness to come back. Play nasty and play fair. But I'd love to have a guy like Joey Porter Jr. on our team. Uh, number 18, you got Detroit Lions. They barely missed the playoffs. They need a they need a cornerback. I've got, you know, Devin Witherspoon. Number 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give Kyle Trask a year. Give him a year. One year. If he's terrible, you've got Caleb Williams coming up next year. Of course, a few other quarterbacks that'll be available too. Give him one year. See what you got. Lucas Van Ness, an edge player from the Hawkeyes, you know basically gives them the right and the ability to not have to worry as much about their defensive side of the ball. They're probably going to end up losing some players. Uh, I think Shaquille Barrett is done with them now. I think they're going to let Levante David go in free agency. Plug plug some holes there with Luke Van Ness, uh, Lucas Van Ness. And then at number 20, I have the Seattle Seahawks giving Will Levis a tight end, Luke Musgrave. I know they've got Noah Fant, and I know Noah Fant has some chemistry with Geno Smith, and they worked some of that out. However, Noah Fant, I don't see them re-signing to a big contract. 
with only a two seasons, you know, going. And I think Geno Smith could be a guy that, though he has a really big contract right now, it's front-loaded. They yeah. could trade him at the end of this season with no problem. You got Luke and Will that could easily be your starters two years from now, and they'd still be on rookie deals. So those are the the four picks there. Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers, Devin Witherspoon to the Lions, Lucas Van Ness to the Bucks, and Luke Musgrave, tight end from the Beavers to the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think Joey Porter to the Steelers, just thinking about that one, it's it makes sense. It's feeling a need, it's feeling a hole they have, but also – you know, it's kind of that that feel-good story, too. You know, it's a former player. It's his son. I mean, I think you got to do that. And the other ones, yeah, just, just add, just fill holes. To me, at this point in the draft, it's where I think sometimes, I mean, you you have to pay attention for best guy available, but especially teams when we get down to this part of the draft, these are the better teams. They don't have as many holes, and I think it's important for these teams to fill the holes that they do have. Um, so yeah, I mean, with the with those picks, you just gotta gotta fill in the holes and support the team you already have. Let's go ahead and cover number twenty two through thirty two. Of course, you'll remember there is no pick. Uh, I don't even know how there's thirty two picks here. I'm missing a pick from somewhere. I don't remember where it was. Let's see here. I think it starts with a with a Miami and ends with the Dolphins. It does. Um, so <laughs> the Dolphins don't have a pick here. We're going to look now, though, dropping down to pick 22. I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way, though. Picks number 25, 26, and pick 31. At number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Dewan Jones, offensive tackle from the Ohio State University. Makes a lot of sense. Trevor Lawrence looked great last year. They made the playoffs. They came from behind and beat yeah. the Chargers and went on to the next round and probably yeah. could have beaten the Chiefs if they just could have kept Trevor Lawrence healthy, upright, I should say. Get an offensive tackle, continue plugging up that offensive line, making it better. Number 26, the Giants. Hey, man, they signed Daniel Jones to a big contract. I, I don't know whether yeah. that's smart or not. I think it makes sense to have at least some stability with a new coordinator as a coach coming in with Brian Dayball. Uh, you're looking at a bunch of things there that make sense to have him come back. They need offensive linemen. Uh, John Michael Schmintz, interior offensive lineman from Minnesota, goes to them. Uh, let me do 27, too. We'll get these guys out of the way and kind of cover them. Brian Branch, safety from Alabama, goes to the Dallas Cowboys. They need safety help. A lot of people are thinking that they're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Probably because it's Jerry Jones, yeah. and that makes no <laughs> sense, so why not do it? Yeah, might as well. But hopefully they get their their smarts back and they take Brian Branch from the Dallas to the Dallas Cowboys. And then pick number 31, the Philadelphia Eagles are losing a lot of their defensive players. They're losing Javon Hargrave. They're probably losing uh, Hassan Reddick, and they might even be losing Jordan Hicks, I think, might have been with them. I think all three of those guys are going – a lot of sacks leaving that team because of those three players not being re-signed. They take Derek Hall and Edge from Auburn. So, uh, Jamison, we had 25, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle to the Jaguars, interior offensive lineman to the Giants, safety to the Cowboys, and then an Edge player to the Eagles. Your thoughts? Yeah, the offense, the two offensive linemen, I mean, you got to protect your quarterbacks in those situations. Improve your offensive line. I mean – all these really good teams, the teams that make it deep into the playoffs, they all are really good in the trenches. So you got to do that. You got to protect your quarterback. Um, and then, yeah, at, at the end there, uh, remind me that last, the last two again. Let's see. You had Brian Branch, safety from Alabama, uh, going to yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. and Derek Hall, edge from Auburn, going to the Eagles. Yeah, the Cowboys. I mean, in theory, their offense should be fine. Um, they never quite are, but in theory, on paper, they should be. So you got to improve the defense, uh, and then yeah, defensive lineman to the Eagles, you got to replace what you're losing. So yeah, I like those. All right, well let's jump back up then to pick number twenty-two here, and let's see what we got. The Baltimore Ravens, who have had an uneventful off-season, uh, that is completely tongue-in-cheek. They are probably going to let Lamar Jackson go. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later on in the podcast. But the Baltimore Ravens, they need wide receivers. Um, they, they had Deshaun Jackson at one point last year. And, of course, that went as 
about as well as you could expect. Um, a 40-something-year-old receiver, I think, playing for them didn't go well. They take Quentin Johnson, wide receiver TCU, and some of you might be thinking, whoa, 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 Jackson Smith and Jigba, come on, man. you got to remember something here. NFL teams often go with the guy who played. And in 2020, we saw that because 2020 happened, several players opted out, and a lot of those players kind of slipped in the draft. Other than Jamar Chase, several guys kind of slipped because they didn't play. A lot of teams came out and said, we're going to go with the guys who played. That's what I think matters here the most. And I have Jackson Smith and Jigba doing just fine with a better team. At 23, the Los Angeles Chargers take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Keenan Allen is old may not play much longer with this team Mike Williams a Clemson wide receiver who did not have the career that DeAndre Hopkins had he has been often injured and maligned with problems get a wide receiver for Justin Herbert please 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 get a wide receiver for Justin Herbert I, that can stay healthy and help your fantasy team I, and yeah. that probably sounds crazy though that I say get a wide receiver that's healthy and then I give them Jackson Smith and Jigba who yeah. missed most of the season <laughs> but he had been very very healthy overall a few years before that yeah. then at 24 i have the minnesota vikings taking another cornerback clark phillips the third from utah jameson what are your thoughts on these three picks yeah i think the wide receivers i mean you got to get your quarterback some health there those both those guys are really good um and they're going to provide a shot to those offenses immediately uh and, and then yeah the the defensive guy i mean hey the third, you don't see many of those. No, you don't. And it makes me wonder if his um, former two, you know, relatives also played football and if they were any good. Doesn't seem like it, though. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it may just be him. Uh, third time's so. a charm, you know, they say. so. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, that makes us drop down to picks number 28 through 30. The Buffalo Bills. Uh, has there been any other team more cursed than Buffalo? Um Poor Josh Allen. No matter what he does, he goes up against Patrick Mahomes, goes toe-to-toe, gets him down to 13 seconds left, and Mahomes finds a way to tie the game up, setting up the field goal to tie it, send it into overtime, and then they get the ball first, and they drive right down the Bills' throats and score a touchdown to go to the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, where they lose. Or no, not even the Super Bowl, sorry. They go up against the Bengals, where they lose. Then, following year... The Bills go out, they make their team much better, they get Von Miller, they get all these pieces, and Von Miller tears his ACL, like, eight weeks left in the season. And they're struggling, they don't make it work, it's awful. Dawson Knox has been hit or miss as a tight end, I think that's fair to say. I'm going to give them Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. The one thing that's missing with this Buffalo Bills team is that threat that can go over the middle. And when I mean over the middle, I mean he can dart up the middle. What has killed them the last couple of times that they've played the Chiefs but Travis Kelsey? What has killed them when they've played the Bengals but the fact that they literally couldn't score with that team in their own stadium, in their weather, they didn't have any ability to score? Why? They were able to shut down the wide receivers. You add an X-factor tight end, which I think Darnell can be, you're going to be just fine. At number 29, the Cincinnati Bengals – Probably going to lose Mike Hilton. Definitely letting Eli Apple walk, uh, you know, about two years too late. And so I have them taking a cornerback, Cam Smith, from South Carolina. Then at 30, the New Orleans Saints, who somehow literally must have their stadium on an oil field because they continue to make weird moves with their salary cap left and right. They just signed Derek Carr to a four-year, $150 million deal. They're going to take a wide receiver to go alongside with, oh, man, Chris Olave from last year. I got them taking Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. Jameson, hit me. Yeah, well, just starting with Zay Flowers there, I mean, if if you're going to go get Derek Carr, I mean, uh, Chris Olave, he had his moments, and he really wasn't that bad last year, if I remember correctly. Um, but, yeah, you got to get some help. I mean, if, if you're going to spend all that money to go get Derek Carr, at least give him some help. Um, cor- the cornerback for the Bengals, yeah, they're losing at least one, maybe two corners. You got to replace them somewhere. Might as well get the best cornerback on the board. And then, yeah, the two, the the wide receiver. Well, no, Washington for the Bills. That dude's a monster. 
Um, it's going to be, I, I'm, I remember thinking in college football last year, I was like, of all the players, like I'm really interested to see what they could do in the NFL. Washington was one of them. Cause I'm like, this guy, this dude's just an absolute monster at tight end. Like he's, he, in some ways it's almost like he's Gronk, but it's like, he's even bigger than that guy. I mean, uh, he's going to be very interesting to see what he can do at the next level. And then I think another one was a wide receiver. No, that's it. That we have one. Well, oh, okay, that was it. Right, okay, though. got them all. You are right though, because that brings us to the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, who uh, do take a wide receiver. Um, there's rumors coming out here that they want to re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, but they are going to let McCole Hardman walk. Uh, Sky Moore scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I think has a big second-year jump, but the Chiefs got rid of Tyree Kill and literally Mahomes won the MVP. Uh, yeah. You know, that makes no sense to me. It, it's, it blows my mind. It's impressive as all get out. But I have the Kansas City Chiefs taking Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee Vols. Yeah, he's a great fit because those those speed guys that can just take the top off the defense, like Kansas City's wide receiver room is built around that. Um, and, and Hyatt, as we saw – um, in that Tennessee Alabama game, he's he has a uh, a particular set of skills when it comes to taking uh-huh. the top off of defenses. So that would be a great fit to Kansas, for Kansas City. They, boy, I really wish they'd quit going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't. They're start they're, they're start they're starting to become the next Patriots. Yeah. It's just like okay, I'm tired of seeing these guys. I want to see somebody else here. But well, there's Michael's mocks first edition. Um, We've got a few more things to talk about, though, Jameson, so let's get to it. By the way, if you think that I did a bad job, you can email me at goatversusgoat at gmail.com. You might be thinking, what in the world? How do I spell that? It's G-O-A-T-V-S-G-O-T-E at gmail.com. We'll put that in the show notes. Free agency's coming up, Jameson. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons why I gravitate to football the most is there is no off season. There's always something else to talk about. And so I'm going to give you the tag update contract tracker, what's happened here, give you some information, and then we're going to talk about some free agency big board, the top 50 available players. We'll just kind of roll through them, not talk about every one of them, but I'm just going to get your thoughts on if you think they'll re-sign or go somewhere else. That's what we're going to do, okay? Be very simple. First of all, need to remind everybody about the players who have been contracted. Uh, Saquon Barkley received a franchise tag, an exclusive rights franchise tag, so he will be sticking in New York, cannot talk to any other teams. Derek Carr, we mentioned, signed a four-year, $150 million deal with the New Orleans Saints. Evan Ingram was also exclusively tagged by the Jaguars, and so he's going to be sticking around the tight end for them who had a breakout season. Lamar Jackson was given the non-exclusive franchise tag for about $32.5 million, meaning he can talk to other teams and another team can sign him, but Baltimore has five days to match, and if they choose not to match, they get two first-round picks. Josh Jacobs was given the exclusive franchise tag as a running back for the Vegas Raiders. Daniel Jones then signed a deal with the New York Giants, four years, $160 million. Deron Payne, uh, he was exclusively franchise tagged for the Commanders, a defensive tackle. Tony Pollard, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys, he was franchise tagged. Geno Smith re-signed a three-year $105 million. I said $150 earlier. My bad. It's $105 million contract. Jameson, walk me through maybe the three to five names on this list that are surprising you the most and why. Well, the Lamar Jackson one to me is the most interesting. Um because it's like the Ravens, they've set themselves up, I think, nicely either way. If they get to keep Lamar, well, great. You know, that, at least one more year, that works out. But if they don't, then, I mean, what, get two first-round picks in compensation for him? I mean, especially in, like, this upcoming year's draft. I mean, you got Caleb Williams, among other quarterbacks out there, Um I'd be pretty – I mean, the the Ravens have essentially set themselves up to – if Lamar Jackson walks, they've just set themselves up to have potentially a fantastic draft 
in next year's draft. Um, so Lamar Jackson definitely jumps out at me. Um, the Geno Smith one is interesting. It's like that guy, you know, he's been a basically hung around the league, a failed starter early on, then hung around as a backup, then got another chance to start. We all thought Seattle would be a rebuilding year and they go to the playoffs and Geno Smith plays really well. Um, and so good for him. Um, you know, three years, $105 million. That's not too bad. Um, but yeah, those those two, I suppose, are really the ones that that jump out to me. Geno Smith, because it's kind of a really good feel good story for him. But then Lamar Jackson, to me, is the most interesting situation in the free agent market right now. Yeah, I'll say the one that's the most surprising to me is Tony Pollard. Zeke's gonna be traded or released. I, he has to be at this point. You can't give Tony Pollard that massive contract and then literally keep Zeke. And so uh, they might do it because the Cowboys are always an anomaly and always out there with their decision-making skills. One of the reasons why they're not in the playoffs deep every year, they go, but they end up losing at some point. Uh, They haven't made it past the divisional round, I think, in several years. Um, So you've got a problem there. Tony Pollard being franchise tagged is unique. You know, my thought, there's there's some decent running backs in this draft. I mean, the Cowboys don't have to, you know, you could be easily see them getting rid of Elliott, either releasing him or trading him. And then maybe second or third round, you know, later on in the draft, taking another running back. Pollard, I think, has proven, he's proven himself enough to where it's like, hey, I would give this guy a chance to be the the feature back in in Dallas. Um, he's been very, very good uh, alongside Ezekiel Elliott for several seasons, and now it looks like he's going to be the guy. Dallas could just simply go out and draft a guy later on, you know, middle rounds of the draft, someone to pair alongside Pollard. Um, that seems to me to be maybe the what they're about to do. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think Pollard's one of those guys that if he had been drafted by any team that did not have a starting running back in front of him, he would have been in the conversation, in my opinion, as a running back, you know, connoisseur, maybe. I don't know if I'd go that far, but a guy that really knows running backs. I thought Tony Pollard was given the short end of the stick when the Cowboys drafted him because I knew it was going to be several years before he could do anything. Well, here it is. It's 2023. Contract year is up. And they said, we don't want to keep Zeke alone. We're going to bring you in. That's impressive. Well, there are 50 names on this list. We're not going to go through all 50, but I'm going to give you one from each little section. Uh, This is a list I'll put in the show notes if you're interested in reading it in in its entirety that Bleacher Report conducted, which is the top 50 players in free agency. Here we go. Number 48 on this list, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, The Dolphins had him as a quarterback last year, and they proved that it's not just Tua that they couldn't keep healthy. Teddy also got hurt quite a bit. Does he get to sign somewhere else, or does he stay with the Dolphins, or does he end up just on the street? I don't think he ends up on the street. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be homeless. But uh, but no, I, I mean he's he's been a good good quarterback, capable guy. Um, he'll find a a backup role somewhere, I would think. Miles Sanders. Uh, <laughs> has there been a guy? He's number forty one on this list. Has there been a guy who? underwhelmed more than Miles Sanders with the expectation that was kind of given to him. I mean, he did have a career high, 1,269 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns in 2022, has 124 receptions in four seasons. But I look at Miles Sanders as a guy that, like, if we were talking about this from a dynasty standpoint, I might give you a tenth for him if you had him. And that's tough because it's it's – he should be better than that, in my opinion, but he's not. Yeah, he feels like that player that we've all been waiting for him to have like a breakout year and be, oh, this was he was the best running back in the NFL this year. But it's like it's just whether it's due to injuries or the way Philadelphia's run their offense, for whatever reason, he's just never become that guy. Like you said, he's had some pretty good years. It's just it feels like he just hasn't done what he could have done. For whatever reason. Does he end up on a team before or after the draft? I would say, to me, a lot of guys at this point in the draft is coming up. 
Um, I, I would I would tend to think that guys will go to a team after the draft. Some team that didn't get a running back they wanted, then they'll sign Miles Sanders. All right, number 37 on this list, one of my favorite free agent pickups that I made last year during the season, Drew Tranquil, linebacker, Los Angeles Chargers. This is a guy yeah, that he's good. he yeah appeared in all 17 games and played 93% of the Chargers defensive sta- st- uh, snaps. He recorded uh, a team and career high, listen to these numbers, 146 tackles, five sacks, an interception, and forced fumble. He's only 27 years old. Does he end up on a team before or after the draft? See, to me, someone like that, uh, I mean, as good as he is, you would think surely someone's going to snap this guy up sooner rather than later. I mean, in my opinion. Maybe not, but um, I don't know. He's really good. He's still in the prime of his career. I mean, somebody's going to step up and take this guy because he's, you know, 130, 140, 150 tackles a year. I mean, a guy that can do it all on the defensive side of the ball and who's on the field every snap. Uh, those are those guys are hard to come by. Number 33 on this list. Edge Jadavian Clowney. Really? Number 33? Has there there been a guy, number 33, has there been a guy who underwhelmed more as a top number one pick in our lifetime generation of being involved in football than Jadavian Clowney? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, I do think he's kind of evolved more into a defensive tackle now, hasn't he? Kind of more, not so much as a pass rusher, as more of a run stopper. Like, I think he's kind of evolved into that. I feel like maybe he hasn't, but I feel like that's kind of the role he's taken on. And I guess if I'm right about that, he has worked in that role. But yeah, becoming the next, you know, uh, Chandler Jones. Yeah, that never happened. Um, Right. You know, he had some solid years, but like he was ne- he was supposed to be the next great pass rusher and it just never quite panned out to be that. Not a bad player, but he hasn't become, you know, the next great defensive end of all time. Yeah. That one play. 33 seems really high. That one clip. Yeah, South Carolina. Yeah, that one clip <laughs> is all that he had. You know, I mean, and that's that's unfortunate uh, because I thought yeah, he was going to be targeting better. now. Yeah, right. Okay, number 27 on this list, 35-year-old Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey. He remains one of the best centers in the game, and the age is really the only negative on his resume, Bleacher Report writes. Here's my question for you on him, okay? Not does he get signed, because I think he gets signed. Does he end up on the Chiefs with Travis as his brother? That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, because he could play play guard. They've got a guy that they could kick out to – you know, a swing back in, in um, oh man, Th- let me put it this way. He's been, the Chiefs have been known, I should say, as being a team that they would sign a guy like Jason Kelsey and say, just be our reserve guy. Come in and play as much as possible. You know, you're probably going to win a ring and we're going to need the depth in order to make this work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting landing spot for him. Uh, going to, uh, going to Kansas City. Um, it, It'll be interesting to see where he lands. I mean, he is kind of older, and I would think if I'm him, I'm wanting to win a ring. So why wouldn't you go to Kansas City if they come call him? Number 23, Jimmy Garoppolo. Somebody's going to take him. Um, right? I mean, Got to. Yeah, he, he's – I mean, is he a star at starting quarterback? No, but he's proven himself that he's a he's a good option at starting quarterback when healthy. Um, he's kind of a middle of the road, in my opinion. You know, kind of that fifteen to twenty to twenty three in the league at starting quarterback. He fits that. Um, somebody's going to pick him up, and probably he he may very well get a starting job opportunity somewhere. All right, let's link, let's look at three more, and then I'll I'll cut to our debate at the end. All right, we'll do that. So three more. First one: Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker, Buffalo Bills, twenty four year old guy. Does he get signed before or after the draft? 24 years old. Uh, yeah, I would say, we'll just say before. 
No, no reason. Okay. Just he's twenty four. He's young. Before, yeah. <laughs> All right, second on the list. He's number five on this list that Bleacher Report did. He has basically told the Bengals he's not coming back. Safety, Jesse Bates the third. Before or after the draft? He's a little bit older. Let's say after. I mean, he's been a good player, but he is starting to get up to that point where I think maybe his options will not be as many as they used to be. Right. I think you're probably right there. Final one on this list. He comes in at number one. My question is very simple. Does Orlando Brown end up back with the Chiefs or elsewhere? Uh, Let's say he's got his Super Bowl ring. He tested the waters elsewhere. And maybe the Chiefs go get Kelsey as well. So One thing I kind of wonder about before we get to our debate, one thing I kind of wonder about, is do the Steelers kick the tires on Tremaine Edmonds, on Byron Murphy, who made that list, I think, at 32, cornerback, and Orlando Brown? Do they do they offer contracts to those three guys? Because you need an offensive tackle, you need a linebacker, uh, Devin Bush is going to go to free agency, and you need a cornerback. I would at least call, and I'm sure they're going to call. I think they, I think most teams call every free agent, and they at least say, Hey, will you come play for like a hundred thousand dollars? No, okay, thanks for taking our call. I appreciate it. And they just kind of move on. Um, but I'm gonna get our debate here set up so that people know what we're doing here. You look at the title of the podcast, the Goat Podcast, and that is a term that is often used with the greatest of all time. Okay. I don't like that term often because it really cannot be quantified easily. But I do have the idea that we could do GOAT, G-O-T-E, greatest of their era. Today, because Lamar Jackson uh, is the individual who is on everybody's mind, is he going to re-sign with Baltimore? Is he going to re-sign and get that big contract? Or is he going to go elsewhere? I think it's only appropriate that we do our first goat versus goat debate on Lamar Jackson versus Michael Vick. Hmm, yeah. Jameson, I'm going to give you my spin first. All right. And if you disagree with me, you disagree with me, but here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to I'm going to set a timer for Five minutes. That's how long I want this debate to take, okay? All right. So we're going to do five minutes. Here it goes. Five minutes has started. Lamar Jackson is trash. (laughs) (laughs) In every category that matters the most. Statistically, he's a phenomenal quarterback. When it comes to durability, you can't depend on him. It's been two straight seasons where he's missed the last two months of the season almost. He has a two and five record against the Steelers, and he is 0-5 when the Steelers... Um, oh, no, the Ravens have a 2-5 and record against the Steelers since he's been a part of the team, and he's like 1-5 and against them. He has a terrible record against the biggest rival that he has in his own division. He is a great running quarterback, but he's never been known for his ability to throw the ball, and so I would say let the Mar- Lamar Jackson... In my opinion, I don't even know that I would say he's better than Cam Newton was at his peak. But I would say that I would give the greatest of all time in this debate to Michael Vick, and I will say the greatest of their era begrudgingly is Lamar Jackson, only for this reason. In five seasons, Lamar Jackson has generated 4,124 rushing yards, just about 1,900 yards behind Vick. Uh, which he set through 13 seasons. So definitely in this era, Lamar is crushing it. Uh, Vic did start 41 games during a four-game stretch with Philly from 2010 to 2013, and Jackson generated two 1,000-yard campaigns and totaled 4,049 yards and 21 touchdowns. That was back in October of 2022, right about the time Lamar got hurt and couldn't continue to play anymore last season. I end it with this, and I give you with three minutes left to go. Lamar Jackson is the type of quarterback that I really hope the Steelers get to see him sign a long-term contract in Baltimore. 
because so far we have had his number. I don't like the games. They're still close. They're still difficult to watch and play, but they're not as frustrating as it used to be even when Joe Flacco played. Uh, Good old Joe Flacco. Because Lamar just – he can't stay healthy. He just can't. Take it away, Jameson. Yeah, well, I mean, Michael Vick and Lamar Jackson, running quarterbacks, the staying healthy thing, that's going to be true no matter what. I would argue the opposite. I would argue that I believe Lamar Jackson is better than Michael Vick. Michael Vick struggled early in his career as a passer as well. Um, Even compared to some of the other quarterbacks in the league, he just, while he had all the talent, the, the, the completion percentage was not there in the passing game. Now, later on in his career with the Eagles, especially, that did improve. So with Jackson, I think I would say, as he comes to depend less on his legs due to getting older, due to injury, I would expect to see as well the passing numbers also improve. And so far, like you mentioned, the rushing numbers are just insane. You know, he's averaging almost 1,000 rushing yards a season in his career. Um, Which as a quarterback is just, that's that's just absolutely incredible. Um, I also don't think it's something he can sustain long term. But, so, Lamar Jackson is very quickly, I think, on track to... If he can put together a few more seasons similar to what he's already done, he's going to go down in NFL history as the best rushing quarterback, simply based on the numbers alone. I think, so, based on that, I think he is right now better than Michael Vick. Um, That would be my argument. You're only saying that because Michael Vick abused dogs for like a little bit of his life. Yeah, it's like that's that, yeah. I respect your yeah. wrong opinion. <laughs> you know, I, I do, uh, I do know that um, Lamar has been a very polarizing figure in the NFL, and he has definitely been a good player. Uh, you know, there's no no arguing that at all. Let me ask you this as we close out. All right, thirty five seconds left. Starting. From this episode forward, we're going to do a state of the division each day, hopefully. Uh, my, my plan is to do a state of the divisions. What division do you think has the best chances of having three teams in the playoffs next year? And what team do you think has the chance to only represent one team in their division? You know the first four teams – the division winner makes it into those spots in the in the playoffs. And there's four other spots, a or seven other three other spots, I think now. What division on both sides do you think could have three teams represented and what team do you think could only have one? Well, I think the one with three, it's gotta be the one with your Steelers in it. I mean, the Bengals, the Steelers, uh the Ravens, um, and then who else? I know I'm slipping. Forget the Browns. Well, we can forget the Browns. But, yeah, they're not going to make it. I mean, no. you never know. With Deshaun Watson, though, I mean, it could happen. So, right. I mean, it's to me, that's the division to watch with the three teams because that potentially could be a really, really good division top to bottom. Um, but also, I guess, as we saw this year, you know, with the Giant on the other side, the NFC side, you have the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles. That was, they had three this year. So, yeah. Um, I don't know that they can repeat that but it'll be interesting to see and then only one so what we're asking basically is what's the weakest division essentially in football um that's a tough one what are your thoughts on that and then i'll see if i agree or not i i would have to say i'm gonna go nfc on this and i'm gonna say we're only gonna see one team represented from the nfc south and yeah. I have no idea which team it's going to be. Oh, yeah, New, or- New Orleans, Tampa The Saints Tampa have Bay. the best quarterback. Yeah. yeah, but the Buccaneers have the better defense. The Panthers have problems, and the Falcons have bigger problems. If Lamar ends up in the Falcons, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's easily right now the worst division in football. And, yeah, that, that would be a – for Lamar going to the Falcons, I don't think the Falcons are as good as the Ravens, but him on the Falcons – they probably win that division with him. So yeah. you potentially have a better chance of going to the playoffs on the Falcons right now than you do on the Ravens, which yeah. is crazy to think about that. But 
And I'll say, just to be a contrarian here, on the NFC side, I think you could see three teams represented again from the NFC West. I do think that the Rams or the Cardinals could sneak back in. I do think you'll see the Seahawks again, and I do think you see the 49ers again. Um, Jameson, man, thanks for being on the podcast. Our first official episode clocked in right at an hour and two minutes. Uh, would have probably been done a little earlier, but we had some computer problems. Uh, we are glad, though, that we have this new avenue. The purpose of the GOAT podcast, for us to go on a tangent at times, not really much of that today, is to simply have an outlet for you as members of the Lord's Church or even just people who don't want to hear a bunch of cursing, a bunch of problems, a bunch of things that don't have to do with the sport. I just want to talk football. I just want to talk sports. I just want to talk about what's happening. I don't want any politics. I don't want any of that. I just want to talk about the game. And so that's what this podcast will serve to be. So until next time, don't forget, Lamar Jackson is not the GOAT.